Hello, hello. Welcome to the Thoughtful Edge podcast. And uh, today we have Sergei Deminchuk as our guest, and we are going to talk about Ruby on Rails. Sergei dedicated uh, almost all his professional career to the software architecture and learning how to make software better, how to make it more efficient, and how to build systems. Now he works at Narvar, and uh, like as I mentioned today, our today's topic is Ruby on Rails. So, Sergey, could you please share with us your journey as the software architect and uh, how you came to specialize in Ruby? Yeah, hi, Dentro. It is my pleasure to be on your podcast. And uh, yeah, as you said, like I was like whole my entire professional life, I was uh, either like working with Ruby, attached to Ruby, but it was always like on my path. And I really love Ruby, Ruby on Rails, all the technology around this. And it was like uh, always a dedication to Ruby. Uh, while I was not starting immediately from the Ruby, I had been um, with other languages for a long time before I started with Ruby. But my passion to Ruby is still like till these days is really big. And uh, yeah, I started actually to programming uh, from 1999 actually. And I started with like basic Pascal, like C, C++, Builder, Delphi, like all these languages. And I continue my passion going to different like uh, um, informatic Olympiads, for example, and take participation, compete with different really great mature guys. And then I continue in my uh, like higher education in my institute. And it was like computer science. Uh, and again, like I was, there not knowing about Ruby even exists of that, but I was already like programming on C Sharp and Java. And when I was around like my end of uh, my higher years in uh, university and about to be graded, I was introduced to Ruby and Ruby on Rust technology. And I just give it a try. And believe me, it was really great. Uh, I already like have some concept in my mind like, about like C Sharp and Java C. And I was able to move all my ideas already like developed solution to Ruby with such uh, an ease and breeze in my mind. And it was like uh, really like a breeze of fresh air for me at that time. And I continue growing in that. Um, then I started to work on, on some project uh, to Ruby on Rails. It was like automation. It was another project on uh, IoT, which we also use Ruby. Then it's like web development, a SaaS solution, PaaS solution. And everywhere we were using like Ruby on Rails. Uh, historically, I was uh, like uh, all the time dedicated to application security department. And I was always like in AppSec uh, domain and a little bit in the healthcare. And right now I'm in retail, but Ruby fits well in all these areas and this is great because like you mature your experience mature and language is also mature with you and it always has something to uh, offer to you on each and every of these stages and again it's it's not about only like uh, building something but uh, moving fast with some ideas and be able to prototype really well and this is like where ruby on rails is shine it really like shines really well there and it's also about teaching others mentoring others and I would say that I have never been tired of Ruby and it still like give me something each and every day, even till now to learn uh, and still inspires me. And this is like really great. Um, it's worth mentioning that I have been like also doing a lot of, in my professional career, a lot of like mentoring and also um, providing like technical interview and et cetera. But the vital part of being like there with Ruby and providing this coaching and uh, interviewing is also to be on both sides. So, 
before I've been like evaluating other people's, I was I, I have been evaluated, and this is also great. And I always like changing like the sides. First, I was being like evaluator, and then I was evaluator, and it's all about like talking to the people, talking to the passionate people about the same technology that you love, and this is like really great because this synergy of sharing experience and gaining something for myself, it's always great. And again, like. It's a really huge community of inspired people, and Ruby on Rails is all about like communicating and always finding something new. So either it's wow. like SaaS, PaaS, or cloud technology embedded. It doesn't matter. Ruby fits everywhere really well. Awesome! That sounds so inspiring, and uh, I feel yep. that you love the language so much. And uh, considering that you had an opportunity to compare that with other different platforms like Java, like. I work. I worked with Java throughout the whole my career. Like I love that language, but I also would agree with you. Like uh, the programming language is just a tool, and we're just here to select the best tool out there, and we don't need to confine us to someone like experience and just to someone tool. But uh, if you like Ruby, this is great. And um, as Ruby's creator, Ikira Matsumoto. Uh, aim to make programmers happy. Apparently, they made happy yourself. Uh, so, like you already mentioned, that uh, it is convenient. And how how does it make you happy, or does it? <laughs> um, yeah, this like uh, I believe this this is like a really broad topic, even maybe uh, dedicated to another like discussion. But just to mention, like I feel like it's really inspiring, and it's. Uh, why it's making like people happy? Because uh, you can start with small, with some small, really small things, and then if you'd like to go in some advanced technique, it allows you to do this. And it's always about uh, thinking about ROI, right? Return of investments. How much you would like to put in learning some language, and how much you are going to get, or how quick you can start doing producing something meaningful and this is again like when ruby and particular ruby and rest framework is really shines because from starting like idea to start like prototyping and to bring some idea to really working solutions it just can be like hours hours of doing something already uh, making some mocks and etc and already see the visual results of your work and again, Ruby and Rails and Ruby, it's not only about like one framework, but it's like synergy and consistency along different technologies around this. So for example, uh, you have like a problem with background workers, right? You can use like Redis or Sidekick. You would like to go to the cloud. Okay, that's not a problem. Google GCP allows like cloud tasks, which is substitution to background workers. So uh, all these tools are already there, and there are a lot of like mature open source tools that are either uh, supported by one developer or group of maintainers, and they are just there, and you just can go experiment, use them, and again, as I said, like uh, you will like it. Experience is really great. Awesome. Yeah, uh, that uh, tells a lot about how we can leverage that. Just not to just not to produce something, but make us feel better uh, uh, while using this tool and while using that uh, approach and uh, while using everything what Ruby has to offer. By the way, did you have a chance to try ChatGPT uh, uh, with Ruby? Like definitely. How, <laughs> how does and it manage? <laughs> Yeah, as you said, like uh, it's really amazing because right now everyone is—it's like on the hype. Everyone is um, 
thinking uh, thoroughly about how like uh, OpenAI, like ChatGPT, is going to influence our work. And uh, and again, like for Ruby, there's already like solutions, and it's called like Ruby OpenAI. There's already like a gem. A gem is like uh, a library, as for example in Python, right? It's a gem uh, library in Ruby that can help you to solve some particular either small or big problem, or can be used like as an injection of plugin. It can be just bringing some uh, mission functionality or some validation, uh, because there are so many. Thi- uh, the great thing about Ruby is that there are so many ways you can solve the problem there's not only one solution but there are multiple and a great thing on top of that is that you can always refactor and reintroduce some idea or refactor make it better make it concise faster uh, more problem solving and it's all there already incorporated in the ruby idea and again like we're going to probably talk about conventions over configurations idea and this is like one of the part of the key thing uh, in ruby but yeah, I was able to try it. Uh, experience is not so bad. Um, it's again, tools are evolving. Everything is evolving, and Ruby is evolving. This is really great. Uh, there are already few other like gems that are written around this OpenA and, for example, image generation Dali. Uh, I was able to play around uh, with uh, Ruby OpenAI, and this is like this is really great. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> cool. And uh, yeah, the technology is. Uh, evolving so fast and we cannot even like keep up with uh, all of the news that uh, just keep coming keep coming and all of those news uh, about new startups and new applications of the AI is just insane and coming back and to the one, con- one more addition if I can like for example it's sure. not only about the ch- chat GPT right because uh, it's always like something great tool is uh, emerges, right? And other like companies try to compete, right? And for example, ChatGPT, and we have another like Google Bard, which is also not so bad. And it's like, uh, let's say, try to build the uh, competitor for ChatGPT. And there is also Microsoft Bing, right? Which is also getting like really good uh, results there competing with ChatGPT. Uh, and all these tools sometimes create, they are creating really great like ideas, software tools, etc. But sometimes they can also uh, create like really um, confused information or false information. But they are doing this in such a convenient and comprehensive way that sometimes you just have to put some human and to validate those results of these tools and what they are really producing. And Another thing that I also love with this like new tools is that it's not bad. It's not bad that something is like evolving because all these tools then already try to evolve already existed tools. So all other tools just setting new higher standards and they just try to compete. But in uh, these competitions, great ideas and great solutions are to be raised. And this is great. Right, right. Right now, like every everyone is trying to incorporate some of the achievements that ChatGPT is uh, proposing. Like uh, I've recently seen a presentation by the uh, company which is making Copilot product, and uh, this is the tool which is so awesome and so amazing. It uh, simplifies the life of the developer significantly. Like it can just write. Uh, whatever code just in line in your code editor, in your IDE, it can uh, write unit tests for you. It can like generate some boilerplate code or like whatever else, uh, some of the, or take on some of the boring tasks. Just, yeah, just so impressive. 
and inspiring as well at the same time. Exactly. So you mentioned uh, one of the Ruby's philosophy points, which is convention over configuration. Could you please talk about that as well? Yeah, um, this is a really powerful concept because uh, it, there are already like, uh, let's say, Ruby way or let's say Rails way of doing some things. You can do it on your own, but there are some really like best practices or rule of thumbs that already developed by the community. And if you're going to follow those, then you will be gratitude in the end and you will be rewarded with a clean code, uh, really great uh, code that can be refactored, easy to read code, etc. This is all about convention or configurations. So if you follow the conventions, then in the end, you will get some really structured, not fragile, but flexible code. This is all about. And there are also, as well as like the solutions, but solutions is always sometimes like uh, coming with their patterns and anti-patterns. So there are a lot of like anti-patterns coming from different other languages that can be really mixed into Ruby and Ruby already developed some solutions how to mitigate these anti-patterns. For example, there is like anti-pattern like got object class, right? Or fat model, fat controller. And how you going to deal with fat controller of course, you're going to make this controller like skinny, right? And move the logic to the model. But then you apply one uh, pattern and make the controller skinny, but then create another anti-pattern, fat model. How you're going to refactor fat model? Of course, you're going to make the model skinny and you're going to uh, extract this business logic to services. But services can bloat it really fast with the code. And how you're going to deal with that? You're going to create the Puro, uh, which is like a acronym for pure Ruby objects. Why? Because it's easier to test them and it's easier to replace them and it's easier to make a dependency injection, right? And when we're talking about dependency injection and dependency inversion, by the way, uh, we're talking about some principles and we're calling these principles solid principles, which are created by Robert C. Martin, uh, another great guy who just uh, extracted those principles and put them and we have like solid principles. It's like single specificity, open close principle, uh, list substitution principle, uh, interface segregation principle, and dependency inversion principle. And if you follow the best practices or those principles, in the end, you will not by default. Of course, nothing comes like for free. You have to work. You have to um, like uh, to build your solution, and nothing comes for free. But if you're going to spend that much time to understand the principles, understand the anti-patterns, apply best solutions, then in the end you will be rewarded with the great code that everyone would love to uh, work with. And again, like if you can easily refactor and everything is uh, like covered with the tests then you can move uh, fast, which is really important in our like uh, market. Uh, moving fast is really important and it's all coming to the benefits and ROI in the end, like return of investments. Right, right. And the maintenance of that code is, exactly. uh, the cost is, of like, is less costly, is less, uh, uh, require less effort to do that or to exactly. fix, fix bugs or find bugs so fast. or whatever. Everything is moving so fast. Will the new developers come and will love to work with that code? Are your dependencies up to date? Are they covered with the test? There are so many tools developed over the time for the Ruby and Rails for different uh, style guides and practices. For example, Rubocop, Sandimeter, uh, um, like uh, Ruby Critic, uh, you, you name it, right? A lot of different uh, 
tools and libraries that helps to emphasize the great practices of the code. And this is also great because it's all community supported. And if you know these things, if you support this, you can contribute back. Uh, you get something from, from community, you give back something to community. Everyone benefits. This is like a synergy of like great people, great talented, using the great tools like Ruby and Ruby Rails. Uh, I definitely love this approach and I definitely love Ruby already. Yep. Like if it allows you to do all that exciting stuff because it makes myself me, it makes me smile. Myself as a developer, like I totally understand everything what you're talking about and all those pains of like in structured code like God objects or like some other anti-patterns. It is it is so painful to deal with and uh it is very good to have all those uh kind of guardrails around the code from the very beginning around your application that will allow you to just don't, don't make the mistakes that are uh, so widespread and uh, if there are some framework that will just mitigate them and uh, will allow you to write a better code from the very beginning, it's just amazing. And um, speaking of that, can you discuss some of the other key strengths and weaknesses uh, of the Ruby in comparison to other platforms and languages, for example, Java or Python. Again, this is like another broad topic, but I will be able to uh, at least emphasize like a few. Uh, of course, like if every, if at least one language will be ideal, then there will be no other languages. But in reality, nothing is ideal. Uh, each and every tool is good for some particular like problem-solving solution, right? Uh, in talk, talking about like Ruby and Rails, etc., it's really almost ideal everywhere. But there are some like uh, key cons that I can mention, and the biggest probably the uh, main problem. It was like from the very beginning is the uh, problem of parallelism. We are always uh, talking when we are talking about like classical Ruby implementation, like C implementation, because Ruby is implemented on the C, and it's called like Mats implementation, classical Ruby implementation. Uh, it's a uh, lack of like parallelism. Right, and we're always talking about concurrency uh, versus parallelism. And in Ruby, there is no parallelism, but there is like concurrency. And it was even from the version Ruby 1.8 when we have like green threads, green threads which were spanning themselves and then held themselves to uh, be able to delegate some work to other threads which were like sleeping before. And then there was a huge improvement in Ruby 1. Uh, one nine, where the new version of the Ruby virtual machine was introduced, and instead of green threads, there was like this um, uh, threads which spanned by virtual machines. It was a great uh, improvement, and then there was like Ruby two version, and even more improvements in the speed equality, and Ruby uh, two five, where we introduced like pattern matching and all these kind of great things. And right now it's even better because right now with WebAssembly, there's like Ruby, which can be run in the web browser in the newest version of Ruby. And JIT, like just-in-time compilation for the Ruby, it's also there. I mean, the language is evolving. There are some demands of the current like problem and et cetera. And Ruby language is not fragile, it's flexible, it's evolving, and it's just evolving to solve even more problems, not to sacrifice the previously already working features of the Ruby language. But parallelism is one of the problems of the Ruby, uh, because the, if we're talking about parallelism, it's not possible because there is a special um, global interpreter lock, 
put it in the Ruby, specifically in the Ruby virtual machine, so that uh, only one uh, thread at a time can actually handle the context of execution. Everyone else is actually halting. But that is done for the reason. There is actually a good explanation about that. There are actually a book written about that. Uh, it's done with the uh, thinking of the uh, C extension. And there are a lot of like different libraries, like for example, Nokogiri uh, or F5, which are using like C extension. And if we are going to a lot of like parallelism and there will be like a multi-thread environment in C extension, that will be absolutely uh, hard to track this uh, problem in C++ or C extension. And if uh, it will fail there, then it will fail the whole process of the Ruby because Ruby is based on the C. So with uh, the thinking of the, this extension, there is like a global interpreter lock, which doesn't allow us to use the full parallelism. But there is like a thing of concurrency. And if you think about this problem, you sometimes don't even need this parallelism because there are already other techniques available to omit this problem with parallelism. And for example, just use uh, multiple processes of the Ruby, like Puma, for example, Puma mm. uh, application web server, what it's doing is just like spun different workers in different uh, processes, which is allowed. It's just like more memory on the footprint for each and every process, but it omits the problem of parallelism and you just get it. Or there's another implementation of the Ruby like GRuby, which is already running on uh, Java virtual machine instructions and it can actually use the parallelism. Uh, again, in modern society, like we don't even need this parallelism and this problem is not that big while it exists because there are some tools which like just mm. simplify uh, you dealing with parallelism. Uh, also, another thing is, uh, and I believe it's not even a cons, but actually a pros, uh, comparing to Python and uh, Java, Ruby is really highly dynamic language. It means like everything in Ruby is like just object. Like, uh, booleans are objects right numbers are objects like objects are objects classes are objects like because in under the hood like in so the there C, are no primitive types right yeah because the only primitive type is the structure of type value which is like it's c so each and every like primitive is described by the structure by c structure with a type value and again it's great because it's uh, moving us to it, it, it's great because it allows us to develop the c extension with ease and again, it's another topic for discussion, but if you once would like to develop a C extension for Ruby, it's really a great opportunity to just uh, see, learn, and it's really, experience is really great if you'd like to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Now, like looking at uh, Java, like I see that uh, there are like a lot of similarities as well. And uh, Maybe in some languages, some of the items are handled better. In some languages, uh, it's a bit worse. But still, like as you mentioned, as we can use parallelism, as we can use multi-core uh, like approaches to run different threads on different cores on the modern CPUs. Yeah, that might not be a, that a big deal, actually. Exactly. And uh, could you please also talk about a challenging project where you used Ruby and uh, what were the difficulties that uh, Ruby helped you to overcome? Okay, uh, that's a great question because uh, surprisingly and historically all my projects were challenging. So there was no easy project, but that's a great part of that because uh, with Ruby I can solve like uh, 
different ways the same problem and I can go like back in time and refactor something and apply some different ideas and thoughts and Ruby just allowed me to do that. And for example, one of the projects we have to use like a lot of like services and there was like a really context sharing between those services and it was really a, 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 like a definition or like business goal from the clients to make this really fast, straightforward and easy to maintain and changeable because it was using like a lot of rest and it was like using like API different versions and they should be communicating using other microservices in Python and Node.js. And we decided to go with another great pattern, which is called Interactor for the services. And you just uh, abstract all this like common execution in particular interactors. And for example, if you need to send some letter, you have another interactor to send it. If you need to uh, decorate, you have another like interactor to decorate something. If you need to process some uh, gRPC, for example, protocol, that's there, you just create another interactor. And then interactors are chained into organizers. So you create one organizer that shares the contact and organize those interactors in one chain. And this chain, of course, like uh, called like chain of responsibility as like another design pattern. And then you just orchestrating the group of these organizers and uh, like call them uh, separately in parallel and the execution is take like really uh, really fast time because the execution of those group of uh, organizers and interactors are just paralyzed and separated and not affecting each other so some sort of like uh, automatic uh, and uh, like really atomic operations uh, ideas is like solved with these organizers and interactors and it even goes so much great because it evolves in separate service, separate API uh, that was like extracted as a separate product later on. And we have to support and extend it to really like um, ad others approaches and other like business uh, goals. And we just benefit from uh, writing the clean uh, code from the very beginning. And while architecturing architecture this like interactor approach uh, it was really easy to go with different version on one version and which is like like multi-version approach and again we benefit this because uh, we were able to uh, come back with non-breaking changes for different clients mm, yeah that's uh, very flexible this schema that you described and the way that uh uh, you decided to use those uh, interactors and uh, how you described the architect uh, uh, orchestration of that like sounds like a very flexible approach which gives you a lot of capabilities and you can combine them in different ways and achieve uh, whatever Second. results you need yeah very very good and uh, moving forward and uh, talking about the future of Ruby language of Ruby language uh, uh, especially with the rise of other languages and platforms like Rust and Go that might be perceived as a competitors. So how the future of Ruby will look like? Okay. Um, I would say that the future of Ruby is great and it's greater than ever. I know that there are like each and every year, like in 2018, for example, there was like uh, topics or videos like, is the Ruby that in 
2018 and then is the ruby dead in 2020 and is ruby dead in 2023 it's not that it's it's absolutely not that it's evolving evolving together with all the communities all the other languages the great part of that is that uh, a lot of those languages are actually were inspired by Ruby. And for mm -hmm. example, if you're talking about like CoffeeScript, CoffeeScript was really adopted like really uh, early days in Ruby and it was like used as a substitution of better JavaScript. And then the ECMAScript, uh, uh, JavaScript ECMAScript 2015 came and a lot of features in new ECMAScript and that was taken from CoffeeScript, right? And uh, it was like inspired by CoffeeScript, inspired by the Ruby approach. And uh, right now, all this like goroutines, right? For example, uh, some of ideas were taken from the Ruby, but right, right now Ruby is taking ideas from other languages and adopt them and create even better and brighter like features in the Ruby. And if we're talking about comparison, it's a really great uh, thing to compare Ruby to Elixir because at the time when there was like Ruby and Jose Valim, uh, the creator of Elixir just came up with idea, let's create a better Ruby. Um, he was trying to create another Ruby version, but then he created an Elixir. And a lot of really great core concepts of Elixir were actually inspired by Ruby. He was taking, because he was like a core contributor to Ruby, and then he created Elixir. And he said like the Ruby version three is not a Ruby, but rather take a look at Elixir. This is like your next Ruby. Uh, and time flies, and some of the ideas from Elixir were migrated back to Ruby. And newer version of uh, like Ruby has some ideas from other languages. So it's not it's competition, but it's competition where everyone wins. Like and uh, the same like Rust and Go inspired by Ruby, and some features are inspired by the Ruby. So everyone wins, and it's synergy of all these languages and. It's, they're still evolving. Everything is evolving. I love the passion of David Hanneman Hansen, uh, like creator of Ruby on Rails. He is like creating a blog almost like each and every day. He is uh, posting some really great ideas. And we can see how in Ruby on Rails, like the uh, injection of the JavaScript really evolved. And previously there was like Webpack for uh, like React.js and Vue.js, right? And then there was like Webpacker. And right now, uh, then it was like, uh, uh, removed with other tools, and the recent Ruby and Ruby on Rails has this uh, uh, import maps feature, which integrates the React even in better approach. Like it's even sm smoothly. I can like uh, introduce from CDN any uh, like library, even like React, and just use import maps, and it just works out of the box. No need to have like a web pack of a packer. So mm. right now. Time to st it's never been so great time as right now to start Ruby. Just try it out. It's it's really great. Yeah, like experience. Awesome. Believe me, experience will be yeah. really great. Bright future, bright future. Exactly. I, like, I liked your reference about how many people like always uh, saying that, oh, this is the last year of Ruby and uh, the next year is uh, the same and uh, a couple of years later they're telling the same this is the last year of ruby i've heard the same for java way they were like for the last 20 years i hear that every every year something is coming out and say, java oh, is dying right but java <laughs> is dying yeah like learn something new go uh, outside and just forget about it this is the extinct technology and would be there anymore soon <laughs> And just to emphasize that it's not dying, it's like it's just another circle of evolution, let's say. Right, because right. if we can take a look at the how many companies were actually like starting with Ruby and Rails, of course, later then moved to some other technologies, but 
As I said, Statnet with Ruby on Rails is really great. You can bring your ideas to the prototype, to the working solution really fast. And for example, SlideShare, Airbnb, Crunchbase, like Dribble, Instacart, Shopify, GitHub, GitLab, Twitter was initially written on Rubinos, then it switched to Java because it has like some um, scaling problems, etc. But again, it was easier to start with Ruby on Rails and continue and your experience growing, your company mm. or your product is growing and Ruby on Rails on each and every stage of the product still can uh, like offer something and you will like it. And the biggest thing that I love with, about like Ruby and Ruby on Rails is that I'm never tired of Ruby on Rails. I never think that, okay, there is like, I'm done with that. I would like to see something else. I always can learn something new. And even now, after this past experience, like many, many years uh, of me, like doing with Ruby and Rails, I still find something I can learn, experiment, and I can um, like see something bright in Ruby and Rails. And it's more greater things yet to come. Well, that's great. And um, as we are moving closer to uh, the end of our today's uh, discussion, and uh, I have another question for you, probably the last one. Okay. What advice would you give to uh, a developer who is considering learning Ruby as their first language? Great question. And I believe that uh, the main advance, uh, like the main uh, advice for the newcomers, like to Ruby, just don't overthink about that. Just try it out. Just give it a try. Try it, and again, you will like it. Believe me, the experience will be really great. Okay. Yeah, great advice. I like it. And especially how you described all the advantages of Ruby and uh, all of the benefits that it has. Uh, just worth, worth giving it a try for sure. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Sergey, for today's uh, fruitful and interesting conversation. And uh, uh, have a good day. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, Dutro. It was a pleasure uh, to talk to you and hope for more such podcasts. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.